Smith from Beyond the Beltway. This is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of room and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by conservative activist in Illinois, Jeannie Ives, progressive law professor Peter Hanna, Charles Lipson from the University of Chicago, and later in the broadcast, Dakota Woods, senior defense analyst for the Heritage Foundation, and William Cressy, Professor Fraud, who will bring us up to date on all the legal activities involving the President of the United States and his desire to stay in office. Uh, 1-800-723-8029 is the phone number. Nice to have you with us. Again, as has always been the case, but uh, we've got a full two hours for you. And again, we've got uh, evolving panels as the program unfolds this evening uh, because of the COVID situation in uh, the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois. Uh, we do not have any in-studio guests with us this evening. So everyone is joining us via Zoom, but uh, we've got some great guests uh, with us. And I want to begin uh, Jeannie Ives and Peter Hanna and Charles Lipsom join us uh, in hour number one. And uh, Jeannie, you're the, you're the card-carrying conservative uh, on the panel uh, this evening. And so my, my, my question to you is, uh, how far should Trump supporters go in engaging uh, the president in his uh, legal battles uh, to secure another four years in the White House? Well, I can tell you they uh, are vehemently uh, standing with the, the president. They have no qualms about doing that. In fact, in Wheaton, in Wheaton, there was a Trump rally just yesterday. Uh, there's been one every single weekend since this started. They're, they're, you know, got their signs out, stop the steal. So it doesn't matter what anybody says. People are going to stand by the president. They feel like, you know, and and whether or not they should, you know, I don't think it matters in the end. I mean, they can, they're going to have their time in court. Mm. Uh, this will all be settled out probably in the next month or two. And uh, it, hopefully we get some resolution so we know what's going but on. But I don't see why conservatives can't have a fight now. Okay, but and, as, uh, as someone, I think Jeannie, make a Jeannie as, as someone, uh, for those listening around the country, they may not uh, know, but uh, you have been uh, recent until recent uh, weeks uh, you've been a congressional candidate. Uh, you yeah. did not win your race. You ran a very competitive race, but it was a tough one uh, in, a, in an evolving suburban district in uh, in Illinois where uh, uh, Congressman Kasten uh, defeated you. But my question is, um, I don't know whether there were any allegations of skullduggery or fraud in your race. But again, you're a candidate. You wait for the results to come in. They come in. And, and you acknowledge, you look in the mirror and say, you know what, I, I, I didn't make it tonight. Uh, what is it about all of the stories that we're hearing from around the country, and it's about four or five states, what is it about those stories that you think warrant uh, someone to get really riled up about uh, whether or not there was a fraud or not? Well, because there was fraud. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm confident that there was fraud in my race as well. Let's face it, voters all the time will come in, they'll say that they're a resident when they had moved away, and they will continue to vote in the same precinct. And I am certain that that happened. In fact, I have affidavits myself from people saying that it happened uh, in my race, but it's not enough, right? So in the case of um, 
of um, President Trump? Was there enough on the ground people that did fraud or was there a systemic issue with the voting systems? So I think that we should have this play out in the court. But how and, long? And how long? I, I, I do I what, yeah. How long? I mean, it, it's been a couple of weeks now. How, how long? I mean, he, he has had a record of, of losses uh, at, at all mm-hmm. judicial levels. At what point does he have to take uh, judicial, uh, you know, rejection as uh, as a fact of life? Well, I guess on December 14th, if they certify the election and the electors of the Electoral College actually make the decision to say that Biden won the race. So until then, I think that he's he, he needs to he wants to pursue all the avenues. His supporters want okay. to pursue all the avenues. They want to find out what happened with this software. Um, I know that that software was used in Cook County, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've had look, Illinois is the third most corrupt state. Chicago's the first most corrupt city. We've had election fraud in the past here. Mm-hmm. Nothing as much as um, the Trump campaign is alleging in terms of systemic vote changing, but uh, we might as well let this play out and see where it lands okay. us. I want to go to Peter Hanna. Peter is a, is a progressive attorney with the uh, Illinois Kent College of Law. And my question to you, Peter, is I, I know uh, you're, you're ecstatic that uh, Joe Biden won, at least in your mind, in the minds of many, he, he is the president-elect. But as a lawyer... Uh, does the other side have? Uh, do they have an oppor- Do they have a responsibility to follow the letter of the law and and push it as far as they can go? Yeah. Well, first, uh, good to be on. Thanks for having me back, uh, Bruce. And nice to be here with um, Charles and uh, Jeannie. Um, uh, second, I just want to correct you. I was not ecstatic. Uh, I don't think Joe Biden can summon ecstasy in uh, any living being. To be honest with you, <laughs> certainly not me. Okay. Uh, I was, uh, you know, but given the alternative, really, uh, you can't help but be at least relieved that there are a higher number of Americans uh, who voted for this guy than the other exceedingly terrible choice. Um, But to answer your question, I think really what has to happen is the the process has to play out in courts. I mean, you know, in court, you bring a complaint, you make uh, factual allegations in the complaint, Mm -hmm. they are put under some scrutiny. And if a judge uh, sees that there's nothing there, gets tossed out. Um, something that, uh, you know, this sort of like clown clown group of lawyers is learning very quickly across the country as, you know, pretty much every lawsuit is tossed out. If there are any allegations that are credible of election fraud or election tampering, I think even like Jeannie said, it needs to be investigated, looked into, and the courts will uh, issue a decision. But as yet, I don't think I've heard anything at all that is remotely credible. Charles Lipson from the University of Chicago, your, your take on uh, where we are in this uh, legal battle and uh, the political battle that is before us as well. On the legal battle, uh, I agree with uh, both uh, Jeannie and Peter that you have every right to take these cases to court and that so far <clears throat> we haven't seen credible evidence of large scale cheating. I mean, there is cheating. There's always cheating. There's a lot of it in the big urban uh, areas controlled by the old machines. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty in uh, suburban and uh, downstate areas as well. But uh, but the question is, are the numbers large enough uh, to warrant some severe remedy? Second thing I would say is I don't like the term stop the steal. We have no evidence that the evidence uh, that this has been stolen. 
I, I think uh, if they were saying Except we demand a fair count, we Except demand uh, uh, every legal vote be counted and every illegal vote, maybe they would call them undocumented votes, be thrown out. Uh, that's fine. But I don't like the idea of steal. And like, final uh, but wait, another Charles, point. Charles, I, I, think Charles, I don't that, know whether you can uh, hear me. The question is, the word steal is coming from the president. It's, it's not coming from the bottom up. It's coming from the top down. So yes. when we come back, I want everybody to respond to that, whether or not, uh, and, and, and at what point is Donald Trump going to realize that maybe uh, legal victories are not likely in the, in the front view mirror, and he's going to switch gears. When we come back, we'll tackle that. I'm Bruce Dumont. For some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it seven nights a week. In prime time, find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation, it's your news, your nation. We are the boy band. Your tween made you see. We are the boy band. It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five and nineteen. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway. I'm not going very far. It's too uncomfortable. I'm in a hurry. Sometimes I just forget. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. You're not only putting yourself at risk of injury or death, it could also cost you lots of money. Cops are writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing and start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. It's happening. Publishers Clearinghouse is awarding a $2,500,000 mega prize in just days. Enter now at PCH.com, and your family could soon be celebrating the win of a lifetime. Don't miss your last chance to win the $2,500,000 mega prize. Go to PCH.com before it's too late. That's PCH.com. Better hurry. Enter at PCH.com now. Entries due 1129. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer. Rest easy with the new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed. You can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Will it help with her snoring? I snore. Does Rudolph have a red nose? Yes, it can be gently raised on either side to help relieve snoring. So you can really promise better sleep. Not promise, prove. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now, during the Ultimate Sleep Number event, save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. 
It's JT and Leanne. Join us for Married with Microphones. Special guests, hot news topics, and our hilarious relationship report card. Saturdays, 6 p.m. on WCGO. Bruce Dumont uh, back uh, here in Evanston, Illinois for Beyond the Beltway. And uh, one of our listeners uh, reported that it was Steve Bannon, I guess, they came up with the idea of uh, Stop the Steal. And uh, I want to get back to uh, to you, Jeannie. You're, you're, you're maybe way too young for this question, but let me let me put it in context because you alluded in the first segment to the the national reputation that Illinois has for uh, corrupt elections. Uh, it's it's been several years uh, that I think Illinois or Chicago is really uh, uh, guilty of of these charges. But again, uh, it goes back years and years and years. In fact, it was in in 1960 when, uh, according to all political lore, uh, Mayor Daley in Chicago uh, stole Illinois, and Lyndon Johnson helped steal the state of Texas. And with those two victories, John Kennedy became president of the United States and Richard Nixon fell by the wayside, at least for that moment in time. And so that history and that reputation of Illinois, it goes back that far. And and I would say that uh, stealing elections or having that 1960 election stolen is it, it's part of the Republican Party mantra. They've used it for well over 50 years it's it's in their playbook. It's sort of like uh, criticizing, you know, the news media for being liberal. That certainly picked up uh, significantly and with some degree of, of accuracy over the last, let's say, 20 years. But this is part of the Republican playbook. And and my question to you is, is do, do you see it that way? And I want to get the reaction from other guests as well. Do you see it that way? And is this just uh, nobody should be surprised that Republicans are crying foul because it's part of their playbook. Well, in Illinois, we, we, we live in a corrupt uh, state. There's no doubt about it. They, but Corrupt elections, though? Like corrupt elections? I think it's going a little far. Here's my whole problem is I have a problem because you literally have people that chose Biden, who I think is just as corrupt as Hillary was, along with Hunter and, and all okay. their other dealings. That's your on. opinion. They chose him and their big government ideas, actually, that I think are un-American in nature. And they chose my opponent for the same reason. My opponent, but that's is, but but Jeannie, that that's politics. That's why it. that's why we have elections. We have an election so I, that bo- so both sides my can make their case, and then people vote at the level of the inform the informed voter. I'm very okay, concerned but, about it. But the, the informed, but the informed voter. Uh, let me just, let me just, let me, let me. We're having a problem here because we're we're doing this via Zoom. But uh, I am going to impress my uh, my follow up questions. Uh, you know, uninformed voters is not voter fraud. And and my question, I, I and my question to you is, I want to I want to move over to Peter. Uh, you're also a, a young member of the panel, but you may not remember it like I do. But. Uh, uh, are, are you saying, as a as a progressive, Peter, are you saying that there is not likely to be any uh, voter fraud by Democrats anywhere in the country? I mean, I don't think that either Democrats or Republicans um, I've not seen evidence to suggest that one party or one, uh, I guess, one party has members who are more likely to engage in voter fraud. But what I could tell you is that every every study, every 
look that investigation into voter fraud that's occurred over the past 20, 30 years has shown that it's um, very, very, very uncommon. Or if, it, if it's happening, it's more or less undetected. Um, the reality is we just haven't seen any evidence of voter fraud. So, I, I mean, there are a lot of allegations. Rudy Giuliani is just, you know, literally all oh, like they're leaking out of him. Right. Yeah. But there's no actual Literally. evidence of, of anything. I think the um, you mentioned the, the Kennedy um, election. I mean, Kennedy didn't even need Texas to win. Uh, he won by more than 84 electoral votes. So I don't I'm not entirely sure if you're trying to paint a legacy of like Democrats cheating for, you know, 50, 60 years. But, you know, there there are corrupt. Well, Democrats, I'm saying I'm saying, I'm saying that several generations of Americans have grown up with the belief that the 1960 election was stolen. Charles, you have enough gray hair in that uh, mame of yours. You, you, can, you, you can reflect uh, historically on uh, to what extent is charges of voter fraud, is it part of the body politic, and is it, is, it a, is, it a pl- is it a piece of the Republican playbook that they've used for well over 50 years, either rightly or wrongly? Well, of course, Republicans do repeatedly allege it. Uh, and the question is whether or not it actually occurs. The point I would draw your attention to, uh, Bruce, is how after uh, the, the uh, Kennedy election in 1960, mm-hmm. and even after the Gore election decided at the Supreme Court, right. there was no public ongoing legacy that the person who was in office was fundamentally illegitimately there, that that person was not the president. Right. I believe Peter is going to disagree with this, but I believe that the leitmotif of the Democrats throughout um, the Trump presidency is that he is not a legitimate president, that he was elected because of the Russians. And what I uh, and there's no evidence for that, of course. The, the problem now is that there's a lot, uh, there are a lot of Republicans who are going to say the same thing about Biden. And if you get a situation in which both sides think that if the other side is not the loyal opposition, but is the illegitimate opposition, the enemy, that's a very bad thing for a democracy. All right, let's let Peter respond. So um, I, I agree with some of what Charles said, uh, disagree with a little bit. So first, I think Trump's legitimacy was called into question, just like George uh, W. Bush's legitimacy was called into question in the sense that this is a person who lost the popular vote and still prevailed. And I think that, you know, I think something like seven of the last eight Republican presidents have, have won on those terms, um, something something along those lines, which I think is what leads to the, the most fierce cries of, of legitimacy. But I mean, I've been on the show many times. Bruce heard me say many, many times mm-hmm. from 2016 on, Donald Trump is the president. He was rightful, rightfully elected. That's, right, that, you have. There's evidence of, of this person actually conspiring with Russians. And even if such evidence occurred, it's very hard to impossible to ever prove that any of that amounted to fraud. What Russia really became was it became an excuse for a lot of the, you know, I think the Democratic Party to not actually look themselves and look at why they failed. Why, you know, a, a, a reality TV show host, you know, beat this uh, person who is basically groomed for the presidency so handily. And, and focusing on Russia allowed the, the core of the Democratic Party to look elsewhere for an explanation. 
But what you did say that, that I do totally agree with Charles is that it's like questioning the legitimacy. You know, sometimes I wonder, is it because, you know, are Republicans questioning the legitimacy of a Democratic uh, win because the Democrats are so bad at running campaigns that it's like so surprising when they actually win? Or is it something else? And I think it is something else. I mean, Republicans know very well they have a much better state by state infrastructure across mm -hmm. the country. They are much better in the states than the Democrats. They are much better in the courts. And they know that, you know, if they if they mess around enough, like they could change an election outcome. Uh, Jeannie Ives, your 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 yeah. response to that? Uh, no, I I think that the Republicans have some work to do, certainly in Illinois. But um, I think that we actually do feel like you guys never accepted uh, Trump as a legitimate president. That's why we've had four years of chaos and investigations of him, his family, on and on obstruction, um, and and so. We feel like, hey, you know what? Um, we can we can look back to things like Al Franken's election, possible election fraud too. That was may have stolen three hundred and twelve votes. Yet they had let felons vote. I mean, that went should on this and be on payback? And on. And Jeannie, should this know, be payback time? Six months to come should, forward with that, Jeannie. So there's, there's, let me. I'm going to try to get in here because it's very difficult. But should this be payback time? For Republicans, for those people who feel no, that Donald Trump was was I don't agree was, with that. Okay, can I? Can yeah, I, I don't agree. Finish. Yeah, treat right. the incoming administration the way that that they treated Trump at all. We would never do that. In fact, we play far more fair than they do. But Nancy Pelosi was obstructionist from the get go. Everything that they did, from the General Flynn um, trumped up charges. To, to, you know, spying on his campaign, to then spying on and leaking about his administration. I mean, it's been four years of just crap that the, the Democrats have done to this president. Never let him get his policies through, or, well, he did anyway when he had two years of a Republican Congress. But I'll tell you what, we don't play that way. We, we I don't think that we are as vindictive as the Democrats are. Uh, when they seize power. Um, and so I think it's, I think 2022 is going to be awfully interesting because you had loads of other Republican wins and that, that momentum is going to go forward. Uh, Peter, uh, my question to you, for those who have been a long time listeners, uh, they, they know that you're not a fan of uh, Mitch McConnell either, uh, but he appears to be doing okay at the moment. And uh, we'll know on January 6th when the people in Georgia vote, whether or not he's going to continue to be the majority leader but, I mean, do you think that he will be a vindictive leader if indeed he holds all the marbles in the Senate? I mean, Mitch McConnell is a ghoul. Um, I think you can't even use a term like vindictive. He exists with a single-minded, I mean, he might be one of the most effective, um, you know, party, like, apparatchiks of yeah. the last century um, in every possible way. I don't think he even You has hate him because he's effective. I don't hate. No, I don't hate. <laughs> I, I think that he has damaged the country in an inexorable way. I mean, just in, in major, major ways. But mm -hmm. my uh, my thought about him is, no, it's not vindictive. But I think he's just going to go back to if he has the Senate, um, you know, we already know what Mitch McConnell will do. We saw that in, uh, you know, the, the majority of Barack Obama's administration. He will stonewall any uh, legislative initiatives that don't um, comport with, you know, his worldview. Um, and probably Stonewall appointees. And I don't think that Joe Biden would do what Donald Trump did, which is just name, you know, acting cabinet official, acting, 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 and just stay to hell with it. I don't think Joe Biden will do that. I think he will try to put forward candidates we got, who we actually got a pause. might. 
No, Mitch McConnell might. We got a pause back shortly from Evanston, Illinois. Opinions are everywhere when you watch the news. But what about your opinion? Why can't you just get the facts to decide for yourself? News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, a nightly newscast in primetime that doesn't tell you what to think. Seven nights a week, News Nation will deliver you news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. It's your news, your nation. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me. But I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Have you noticed that well-known and controversial talk show hosts have recently been censored on the Internet by corporate and political interests? This is Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio. And in order to counter against the suppression of information, we've decided to create our own private digitalized playground called Aftermath.media. It's an exclusive online multimedia library featuring videos, movies, audio clips, archive shows, e-books, e-magazines, documents, and so much more. Our news aggregator, Newsifer, provides current news relating to many of the topics we cover. We'll also be hosting other Ground Zero-friendly podcasts like Into the Parabnorm, Normal with Jeremy Scott and The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Aftermath.media has a social media platform along with a chat room to interact with many of our listeners. And about once a month, you can chat with me about anything. Mobile apps for Android and Apple are now available. The monthly subscription for Aftermath.media is only $9.99 a month. This includes exclusive access to our library and Ground Zero Archive podcasts. If you're just interested in having access to the Archive podcast, it's only $4.99 a month. So sign up today by going to Aftermath.media. Again, that's Aftermath.media. AncientLifeOil.com. That's AncientLifeOil.com. Are you stressed? I mean, who isn't? Anxiety creeping in? No, not that. Is sleep hard to attain because your brain just won't slow down? We're living in crazy times, and the fear knob has been turned up. Okay, there's an answer. Take a big breath, exhale, and go log on to AncientLifeOil.com. CBD. Broad and full-spectrum, organic and non-GMO CBD for you to enjoy. Change your tune from fear to calm. From brain overload to clear thinking, 0.003 THC on full spectrum and 0% THC on broad spectrum. Competitive pricing with the best quality. Also know everything is going to get better. No worries. Be happy. CBD can help calm so your nerves don't think they're a six-string electric guitar. Enjoy life, smile, and log on to ancientlifeoil.com for great CBD. That's ancientlifeoil.com. You'll be glad you did. Chicago Smart Talk, AM 1590 and FM 95.9, the exclusive home for the Dave Ramsey Show in Chicago. Bruce Dumont back in Evanston, Illinois. Thank you very much for joining us on Beyond the Beltway this evening. And uh, we're going to take a moment and let each of our guests introduce themselves. And we're going to begin with Jeannie Ives. Jeannie? Well, Bruce, thanks for having me on. I'm Jeannie Ives. I'm a mother of five, a West Point graduate. I'm a former state representative, and I am a former congressional candidate. Peter Hanna. Hi, my name is Peter Hanna. I'm a um, adjunct professor of law at Chicago Kent School of Law. Um, I'm a progressive and always happy to be here with Bruce and uh, his fine guests. Charles Lipson. 
I'm Charles Lipson. I'm a professor emeritus of political science uh, and international politics at the University of Chicago and write frequently for Real Clear Politics, Spectator USA, and others. Mm -hmm. Charles, a question to you is, uh, how likely is it that Donald Trump would be a viable candidate to seek the Republican nomination in 2024? I think he's quite viable. And in fact, I think it's a problem for the Republicans uh, after 2022. That is, I think they have a lot of candidates, starting with Nikki Haley and Josh Hawley, uh, uh, Christy Nome, uh, Tom Cotton, others, where a younger generation would be able, I think, to assemble much of the Trump coalition. But I don't think that they can get out front uh, if Donald Trump is in the race, because I think he would see them rightly as rivals and would go right after them and would undercut their ability to connect with this base. So I see it as a real problem, actually, for the Republicans. Jeannie Democrats I, have a different problem. Jeannie Ives, do you see uh, the field between now and 2024 filled with landmines for not only Donald Trump, but for any Republican that tries to wrest power from him? Well, I mean, I, I think it's hard where I sit in Illinois to get the right perspective nationwide, quite frankly, mm -hmm. because I'm surrounded by liberals. But mm -hmm. I, I would say that if they can't perform on the policy front, if they actually take over and, and put in some of the policies that they want to, I think you will have a revolt from regular people and the Democrats will not get elected again. I think that they failed in a lot of their progressive policies. California failed on their diversity uh, referendum. Illinois failed on its progressive tax referendum. People wholesale rejected that. So if Republicans can do a better job of connecting politicians to policy to outcomes, then we have, then we, then we will own the future. The Democrats are going to continue to get more progressive. And if their agenda gets enacted, uh, Americans, I think, will absolutely uh, revolt. Peter, a, a question to you. Uh, Donald Trump obviously was one of the uh, the losers on election night, although we're still debating that. But some would also argue that uh, Nancy Pelosi was a loser on election night. The fact that uh, the Democrats did not do very well uh, and a lot of Republicans, uh, freshmen uh, heading to, to Washington. Uh, would you agree with that assessment? And uh, do you think that her days as a powerhouse will be dwindling in the next two years, even though she's going to run for speaker again. Um, so just before I, I say that, I want to speak to something that uh, Jeannie mentioned, which is this notion that progressive uh, initiatives like failed or uh, by and large nationally progressive initiatives did tremendously well. Florida, which is a solid red state, voted overwhelmingly to enact a $15 minimum uh, uh, minimum wage minimum hourly wage. I mean, I, Texas passed a few numerous states, including very red states, did really well. We have a disconnect between progressive policy and the you know party that seems to or supposedly advances those parties. Democrats lost. Nancy Pelosi lost. She anticipated an expansion in the House of the Democrat, mm -hmm. uh, Democrat control. They lost like I think a dozen seats when last I checked. Um, they, they assumed they'd win a couple of uh, extra plus, you know, easy seats in the Senate. They barely won a couple and, you know, two more hang in the balance. Mm -hmm. um, Nancy Pelosi is losing and Joe Biden, you know, won by a smaller majority than many people expected because of the disconnect I mentioned. You know, it's, it's funny to me because sometimes I hear, you know, Jeannie speaks, and I think is a Republican and part of the party, et cetera. 
maybe Jeannie, you, you feel you're obligated to speak this way, but you know, speaking about, oh, these I'm surrounded by liberals and these liberals and these bad guys and it, it, like we're it's, it's it's it may be true in your mind, but I, I want to tell you, it's like localized in minds of people who don't actually sit and talk. Because if I talk to someone in your someone who voted for you, campaigned for you, whatever, and I sat down and just had a nice conversation, I guarantee you. They would agree with me on the fundamentals, but we are, and you are part of a broader system that is much more interested in calling out liberals and conservatives and Trump people. And it, wait a minute, Peter, Peter, uh, you call, wait, you call uh, Mitch McConnell a ghoul. You let, call him a ghoul. Let's, let's let uh, Peter, let, let, let's let Jeannie respond and then we'll go back to you. Jeannie first and then back to Peter. But the average no, go, voter. No, 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 go, go, to, go to, go to Jeannie, Jeannie first, and then we're going to go back to you, Peter. She asked me a question. I'm, G- I called Mitch McConnell a ghoul because he's a figure who has had a malign effect. Excuse me, a malign effect on this country. I don't think my my neighbors who voted for Donald Trump are ghouls. But you say that you're. I'm surrounded by liberals. That's why you lost. You know, fifty two percent to forty five percent. I am. <laughs> so maybe. But I did not call them a name. I right, let's call let's them let by respond. their political ideology, which is liberalism here yeah. in Illinois, and it's hard. To, to get out of that mindset when you you look across things. Here's my biggest concern. I'm going to just lay it out to you right now. The biggest problem we have, and it's going to be a absolute, rip this country apart if we bail out bankrupt states, bankrupt cities, student loans, and businesses. If we bail out, I tell you what, you will rip this country apart. And if your party is going to do that, oh my goodness, there will be hell to opinion but all this sort of fantasy just fantasy right we can give the very well tax cut after tax so we can give businesses just obscene amounts of money look at how much money went oh no 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 no. wait peter you can't get away with that the people that are pro-business corporate goodies is the party of the democrats it truly is i mean we'll speak speak and the strangeness of this moment really it just it always intensifies for me the more time passes i mean the republican <laughs> the only thing that donald trump achieved when he had the entire congress on his side really was basically passing the tax cut which disproportionately aided the wealthiest and cut the corporate tax rate like peter I mean, are, think- peter are you let me ask you this that peter are you up peter are you <laughs> optimistic are you optimistic that you're going to get uh, any significant slice of the progressive agenda through uh, Joe Biden if uh, uh, Mitch McConnell remains as the majority leader of the Senate? I mean, I don't think I, I honestly don't know, Bruce, that my expectation, even if the Democrats took the Senate, would not be that much of the progressive agenda, as you, as you put it, would move forward. But I could tell you that we face existential crises in this country. We face climate change. We face an, a ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous uh, situation with policing in this country and with the fact that our criminal right. legal system is broken. And we have prisons that are just overflowing. We are in, the, of course, on top of that, we have a pandemic. We have these convergent crises. I want to come back to that. I want to come back to some of those specific issues, and we will. But I want to bring uh, uh, Professor Lipson back into the conversation uh, to give his overview of uh, we've heard just a sample of what's going to be happening in the Republican Party as they try to figure out, is there life after Donald Trump? And if so, what does it look like? And then also uh, on the Democratic side, you you have a you have a, a basically moderate moderate to left president uh, elect, 
and and yet uh, you have members of Congress that want to uh, bring him uh, much further to the left, and in doing so, make himself uh, uh, maybe a one-term president. I Charles. think that Joe Biden faces a fundamental uh, set of choices, and he does it under very great constraints. The choices, I think, if he were to try to move to the center. Uh, Mitch McConnell would be ready to work with him and he could actually get things through the House as well. I think where he would have problems is that his own coalition uh, would depart from him. People like Peter would say, look, we helped get you elected and now you're selling out our agenda in order to enact a lot of things that Republicans also like. Uh, I think there is a police so I think that's the biggest choice and problem uh, that uh, that Biden faces. I think that there is a police crisis, but I think it's the opposite of the one that Peter states. I think that the biggest problem now is that we have massive disorder in all of our major cities, all of which are controlled by Democrats, so that the uh, the attempt to try to restore policing in good order in those cities is politically contentious uh, in Seattle, Portland, but hasn't uh, that San issue, Francisco, hasn't, hasn't New York. That, Charles, and hasn't I that issue faded away, though? Big I mean, problem. as that issue, the law and order issue, hasn't it faded away? Do you think that was a, a significant issue when it came right down to Election Day? I don't. I, I was surprised that it Bruce, didn't. I think that I think that law and order is a local issue not a national issue mm -hmm. because, uh, I mean, it's very difficult. First of all, it's very difficult for Republicans to emphasize it without being accused of being racist. But I think that the problem that you have in a Chicago and a New York and a Baltimore and Washington and so forth is that their tax base is collapsing, partly because of COVID, partly because people are fleeing. I mean, this is like a full employment act for U-Haul. And uh, I think that they're going to have to, and it gets people in a very ordinary day-to-day -day way. Janie, do you think that 2022 is going to be an explosion year for Democrats at the local state level? I need a 15-second answer. No, I don't think so. Not at all. Okay. Uh, when we come back, we'll take more. Actually, we're going to take some calls. We've got them uh, standing by, and we'll continue our conversation. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks very much for joining us. Charles Lipson's here, and Jeannie Ives is here, and Peter Hanna's here. And by golly, you're here. Don't go away. You should form your own opinions when you're presented facts without bias. That's what we call news. Every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, news has a new primetime home. News Nation, without all the talk and without an opinion, so you can make yours. It's not how it used to be, it's how it should be. News Nation, seven nights a week on WGN America. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com because it's your news, your nation. 
Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. At Lowe's, we're giving a special thanks to our pros during our Provember event, now through November 25th. We have deals and events, plus credit programs that work for pros. We're offering everyday 5% savings on eligible purchases. Plus, through March 31st, 2021, 60 days promotional financing on your Lowe's business account or extended terms on eligible account receivables. Learn more in-store or at Lowe'sforpros.com. You'll see why we're the new home for pros. Subject to credit approval, terms apply, U.S. only. Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. This is Aaron Maslianski, the host of the brand new show on WCGO, Inside the Skev, on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. This show is all about the people of Skokie and Evanston, a community rich in history, culture, and diversity. Some would say a dream town. You're going to get to know all different types of people who are real movers and shakers. This show provides an opportunity to relax and listen to these great stories and really get to know your neighbors. Inside the Skev, Sunday mornings at 10 on Chicago Smart Talk. Consider this your personal invitation to join us Saturday mornings at 10 for Mindful Money, brought to you by At Financial, a full-service financial services brokerage specializing in comprehensive, holistic financial planning. Whether you're just starting out in your career, growing your family, or planning your exit strategy into retirement, we've designed Mindful Money to guide you every step of the way. So join Sam McElroy and the team from At Financial for Mindful Money, Saturday mornings at 10. Tune in Sunday night, 8 p.m. It's Steve Levin, the Dice Man. Roll the dice where you don't know what the heck we're going to be talking about, but you'll be sure to listen, learn, and laugh. We're still not back. We continue with Beyond the Beltway. A reminder, uh, after the hour, uh, we are going to be joined in hour number two by Lieutenant Colonel uh, Dakota Wood, he is the senior defense analyst at the Heritage Foundation, and we're going to ask him about the U.S. military preparedness at this time of transition. You know, frequently when there's transition, uh, there's some despot around the world that likes to test uh, U.S. military might. We're going to talk about how likely that is uh, with uh, Lieutenant Colonel Wood. And then also uh, in our 7.30 hour or segment this evening, we're going to be joined by a guest who's been frequently on this program in the last couple of months, and that's Professor William Cressy. He is Professor Fraud, and we will go back to some of the points we mentioned in our first uh, four, uh, 45 minutes this evening, and he's going to take us through uh, the, the Trump legal uh cases that are out there uh, where there is some likelihood of success and also is going to offer his assessment on uh, the quality of some of the legal actions that have taken place. Um, Let us now go uh, to Omar listening to us in Chicago. Go ahead, Omar. (coughs) Excuse me for sneezing. Omar, are you there? 
I guess Omar is not there. Is he there, Randall? How about Eric in Rio Linda, California? Eric, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Bruce. Thanks for taking my call. Go ahead. I'm sorry I just sneezed in your ear. Oh, didn't even hear it. Okay, good. <laughs> I, all I wanted to say, I am, I am just beyond belief watching the evening news, the morning news, uh, watching people Sunday morning, and it's a conspiracy to lie and deny. The, the left, the progressives, got caught stealing the election. I worked in law enforcement 28 years. I did investigations the whole, you know, constantly. Uh, not police, but uh, very technical type stuff. What the 200 bu- signed, 200 <sighs> signed affidavits. Uh, but Eric, but Eric, Eric, let me, Eric, that is your uh, personal opinion based on what you're aware of in one particular piece of this Trump election puzzle. Uh, the Trump legal team has been out there making charges, some of them rather outlandish, and they've they've had an opportunity to go into a variety of courts and make their case, present present evidence that is admissible in that court, reviewed by a jurist uh, who who then makes an assessment. So I I don't think, you know, you have have an anecdotal story. And again, in doing talk radio, we deal with anecdotal stories all the time. But anecdotal stories don't hold, and and that's anecdotal stories in the court of public opinion. And in the court of public opinion, everything is admissible. But in a court of law, only evidence is admissible. And a judge assesses whether that evidence is correct or incorrect. And no no one has found it in, in all of these jurisdictions. No one has found anything that a judge has said, you know what, this this needs to be looked into and we've got to take this to trial. It hasn't happened at all. It, it takes a very long time. But we don't it's have litigation. a, we do not have right. a very long time because in every case, in every state, there are, there are laws where certain things have to happen by certain dates and you don't have an open end to make a charge that voter fraud is going to keep someone uh, from, uh, you know, from fulfilling uh, the duty of the president of the United States. It just doesn't, it doesn't happen. But if the evidence was as, as gross as you suggest, I think we would know more about it by now. I don't think he would have lost, I don't think the president would have lost at every point. Are you saying that there are not 200 notarized signed affidavits i am i am not just a minute going strange i I am not saying that i don't know exactly what jurisdiction you're talking about i have personally not reviewed them i am not an attorney but if i was an attorney for the president of the united states i would have had my legal eagles go through those ascertain whether or not they are accurate or not. And if they are accurate in the minds of those attorneys, those attorneys should put their name on those cases, go before a judge 
You know, we had a press conference last week with Rudy Giuliani and, and others. They were making outlandish charges. No, none of those charges have been proven in a court of law. And when Tucker Carlson and, and Ben Shapiro and others in the conservative media have asked for, where's the evidence? Show us the evidence. They have provided nothing. They're playing to the court of public opinion where everything is admissible and so they can continue to make a case. It's, it's, it's a case for conspiracy. It's not a case for accuracy. It's not a case to resolve the matter in any legitimate way. And that's why if they keep running off their mouth, uh, it's only going to make things worse because there's a lot of people out there in radio land, in, in the body politic, who believe that just a charge is as good as evidence and it's not we're at the point where evidence put up or shut up if you don't have evidence shut up and i you know you you have your evidence because you've looked at it but again i I, you know i haven't seen anybody on the uh the trump legal team making those cases but listen i've got to say farewell to you eric thanks very much also i want to thank charles lipson for joining us in this hour charles thank you very much for being with us When we continue in hour number two, uh, Jeannie Ives and Peter Hanna will continue with our other guests. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ag Council. Matt always knew he wanted to be a doctor. That's why he makes the most of every day. To study before breakfast. To work hard. To do whatever was necessary to achieve his goal. He found an answer in the military. If you have a passion, a vision for your future in any field, todaysmilitary.com can be your path to a fulfilling career. You have a calling. We have an answer. Find your way at todaysmilitary.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. 
My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. It's me, your heart. High blood pressure is serious. And if you think I'm just going to keep ticking away, you're wrong. I can quit whenever I want, but I like my job. Just treat me better. Maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. After all, we're in this together. Don't let your heart quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me. That was all I really needed. We got back. One day he called me out of the blue. And it's comforting to know that I always encountered him to have my back. She called me from time to time. I really didn't think I needed any help. It took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to give me some hope. Just that one text. Be there. Your call. Your presence. Your words. Your support. Be there and help save a life. Learn more about preventing suicide at VeteransCrisisLine.net. WCGO and W240EH Evanston Chicago Talk. I'm Kevin. And I'm Sue McCarthy. Join us for the Travel Planners Radio Show. Your ticket to the world of travel. Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m. on WCGO, AM and FM. Bruce Dumont back on hour number two of Beyond the Beltway. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, in this uh, next half hour, we are going to be joined, or we are joined, uh, by uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dakota Wood. He is uh, with the Heritage Foundation. He is a, a senior research fellow, and uh, also a little bit later on, we'll be joined by uh, Peter Hanna and uh, Jeannie Ives and offering their uh, comments and uh, input into this conversation as well. But, uh, uh, Mr. Wood, thank you very much for joining us on Beyond the Beltway, and uh I'd like to begin at at any time of even peaceful transition in this country. Uh, there is a time when we should assess uh, how the incoming president, what will he or she inherit, and whether or not uh, where we are weak and where we are strong uh, around the globe. And I'm wondering if you can give me just sort of an overview of uh, where our military strength and perhaps weaknesses are at this moment in our history. 
Well, on a scale of one to five, we would give it a middle grade of three. We call that marginal. It's kind of a descriptive mm -hmm. uh, word as opposed to, you know, average or something like that. And, and the reason we gave it that marginal scoring in this year's uh, index is uh, because we looked at the historical record of what the United States has felt it needed to commit to a major combat operation from Korea, Vietnam, Desert Storm. And, and interestingly, it's about the same amount of force. So irrespective of opponent, technology, decade, administration, about the same amount of military power is needed. If we wanna be able to do more than one thing at one time around the world. So if you had to go up China, you don't wanna leave Europe uncovered in the Middle East. We have a, a current military that can handle one conflict but nothing more than that. Mm -hmm. So we feel that it's under strength. Uh, it's not uh, entirely ready uh, for peer level competitor fights. And it's using very, very old equipment, largely acquired in the 1980s and 1990s. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the branches of service, uh, uh, are the are the branches about, uh, about the same or is one branch significantly more prepared than another? So the Air Force, Navy, and Marine Corps are all congregated in that middle ground, that marginal thing mm -hmm. in their size, in the age of their equipment, you know, the modernity or capability, and in their readiness. For the Army, very strong in readiness. They've really dedicated a lot of stuff to that. Mm -hmm. They're very weak in size, very small relative to what we think that they would need. And they get that middle score in the modernization piece, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the uh, age of their equipment. So they're all kind of congregated around that three mark, but mm -hmm. the Army has greater variance in its capabilities. In the, uh, in the relationship uh, world, uh, are we better insofar as the relationship that we have with our allies and the relationship that we have with our obvious uh, uh, enemies or competitors, uh, how, how, do, how does that compare to where we were four years ago? With our allies, actually very good. We've got very good military relationships, you know, diplomatic, economic, sometimes there's a, some stressors there. But in terms of the military communities working with, uh, with each other, really, really good relationships with Japan, South Korea, Germany, England, all, you know, all of our friends and allies. Mm -hmm. Where our allies are really kind of uh, not helping is they have very, very small militaries relative to what their national interests are, the nature of competitors, and they just don't train much at all. They're just not ready, mm -hmm. right? So you got small, unready forces on which we rely quite a bit because our military isn't quite what it needs to be. In terms of our competitors like Russia, China, and Iran, they have really doubled down in their investment in their own military mm -hmm. capabilities. China is expanding its Navy like no tomorrow. In the last three years, they've added as many ships to their Navy as are in the entire British Royal Navy, right? Mm -hmm. So we've seen great investments in modernization from Russia. Uh, Iran has 3,000 ballistic missiles. You, know, you got to wonder why that's uh, so important to them. Mm -hmm. So uh, we assess our competitors as very aggressive in terms of their investment portfolios and their behavior has been very friction inducing. Look at what mm -hmm. China is doing in the South China Sea, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So good relationships with allies. Our allies aren't that capable of actually conducting military operations. Meanwhile, the competitors are being more aggressive and heavily investing in the capability of their militaries. Now, the, the political opposition during the recent campaign uh, has been complaining actually for the last several years is that the president, because of his personal uh, personality, 
uh, has has turned off a lot of uh, uh, allies, uh, or at least the leaders of those countries, and that somehow because of that personal animosity that exists, that it it can transcend uh, you know the actual application of uh, of cooperation. Uh, do you where where do you put the president's sort of uh, personality as it relates to meeting with other uh, allied leaders? Um, how much damage, if any, has there really been done? Well, the damage is in the eye of the beholder. He's very confrontational. He's mm-hmm. very blunt. He's very un- unconventional, non-traditional mm-hmm. in terms of, let's say, European uh, discourses across the Atlantic. But if you look at the number of presidents who have really been urging our NATO partners to invest more, uh, no productivity at all. And then it took Trump to really uh, point out or shine the light on these shortfalls and really badgering them, which ticks people off. Nobody likes to be told, you know, that that they've got big vulnerabilities and shortfalls. Mm -hmm. So it caused a lot of angst. But we have seen Germany starting to increase. Great Britain just announced a 10% increase in its defense budget. Mm -hmm. The Baltic states are investing heavily. And so we've actually seen a net increase in the defense investments of NATO allies that had not happened Mm -hmm. in the past. So if you softly wag your finger and use gentle diplomatic language, it doesn't seem to elicit actual real world responses. And so as chaotic as Trump uh, appears to have been, uh, oftentimes on the world stage, at least it's elicited a response. So we've seen a change in behavior because of this much more confrontational approach. And is there- I don't need is to tone there, that down, yeah. but it's had an effect. Is there any way to put a, a, a price tag on that? In other words, because of that bull in the in the Crocker shop uh, uh, personality of his, uh, did, can we put a price tag on how much more the NATO allies have chipped in for their defense and, and our defense as well? Well, you have 30 uh, partners in there. So just in the last year, we've had uh, a total of eight now meet the NATO agreed upon threshold of an equivalent of 2% of GDP. And of that, 20% dedicated to buying new stuff, you know, modernizing Mm -hmm. their military. That eight is actually a net gain of two. So in the last year or so, two more or three more countries have joined that club of 2% or more, but that still gives you well over 20 who are not, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Two years ago, Germany had no operationally deployable submarines. Uh, At the end of the Cold War, West Germany alone had 5,000 main battle tanks. Today, the combined Germany has fewer than 300. Mm -hmm. The British Royal Navy uh, has only about 17 surface combatants. And if you added the British Navy, Army, Air Force, and Marines, the total size of that is less than the size of the United States Marine Corps alone. So, you know, again, we've seen some positive movement by our NATO allies, but they are dramatically underinvesting in their own security. And with the United States presence on the European continent, uh, as small as it has ever been, you actually need them to be doing more to help set this collective security arrangement. When we come back, I want to look at where the most likely uh a confrontation might be, or test might be, I guess test is a better word, uh, with our opponents. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. 
For some, news is about their opinions. We believe the news should give you the facts without bias, so you can form your own. We believe in news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America to give you the information you need. Everyone calls it the news, but we'll actually deliver on it. Seven nights a week in primetime. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. News Nation. It's your news, your nation. Your tween made you see. We are the boy. It's painful concert number three. We are the boy band. We're five and nineteen. We are the boy band. Always singing on key. You love your kids enough to take them to see their favorite uh, band. Love them enough to make sure they're buckled up in the back seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov/the-right-seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. At Lowe's, we're giving a special thanks to our pros during our Provember event, now through November 25th. We have deals and events, plus credit programs that work for pros. We're offering everyday 5% savings on eligible purchases. Plus, through March 31st, 2021, 60 days promotional financing on your Lowe's business account or extended terms on eligible account receivables. Learn more in-store or at Lowe'sforpros.com. You'll see why we're the new home for pros. Subject to credit approval, terms apply, U.S. only. Fever is a leading symptom of the coronavirus, so take your temperature twice a day with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's quick and easy to use, and its accuracy is backed by more than 80 clinical studies. Have your family start and end their day with the only home thermometer used and recommended by hospitals, doctors, and nurses. Your family can take their temperatures in seconds to know where they stand in the fight against COVID-19. Protect your family from the spread of this deadly disease and stay safe with Exergen. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This Thanksgiving, think outside the oven and get Thanks Grilling with Ace. Get a new grill and choose from top brands like Traeger, Weber, and Big Green Egg to add even more flavor to your Thanksgiving turkey, side dishes, and desserts. Plus, right now, get free assembly and delivery on all grills and accessories $3.99 and up. For the best help on the best grills, stop by your local Ace and get Thanks Grilling. Ace Rewards members only through December 24th. See participating stores for scheduling or exclusions. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents and Doug. Okay, class, let's bump it up to nine. Come on, Limu, keep pedaling. We got to build our endurance to let more people know that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Pick up the pace, bird legs. Hey, don't talk to Limu like that. I'm not. I'm talking to you. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Get a customized quote at LibertyMutual.com. It's JT and Leanne. Join us for Heart and Home with Exit Realty. Local listings, market conditions, and opportunity. Sunday afternoons at 4 on Chicago Smart Talk. Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Bellway. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we're talking to uh, Dakota Wood. He is with uh, the Heritage Foundation. He's a senior defense analyst. And we've been talking about uh, military uh, power around the United States and around the world, really. And uh, Jeannie Ives and uh, Peter Hanna from our first hour, they continue to uh, join us and listen to the, the, the interview. And uh, uh, Jeannie Ives, uh, you're a West Point graduate, so uh, I'm sure you have a point or two to make with uh, the general, with the colonel, rather. Well, I was just in a side conversation tell, telling him that the plane that my son flies in the Navy is 50 years old. Uh, now that is getting replaced over time, but they've done a great job maintaining their equipment. Um, 
And I, I personally don't, I don't actually, I want us out of Afghanistan, quite frankly, if you want to see, you know, leave 2,500 there for, for whatever purpose, fine. But I, I don't see any reason to have our, our troops in the Mideast or if Afghanistan. And um, I, I think that we do need to spend the money to equip our soldiers, sailors, airmen correctly. And we're not doing that. We have a lot of ground to make up. Mr. Wood, when, uh, when the uh, transition finally takes place on January 20th, um, how many troops are we going to have on foreign soil? Oh, in total? Yeah, uh, total. Probably, uh, if you're talking in an operational setting, mm -hmm. fewer than 5,000. So if the Trump okay. administration makes good on its recent decision, we'll have somewhere around 2,000 in Afghanistan. You've got a couple of thousand in Iraq, about five or 600 in Syria. Uh, and then you've got some small packets of special operations forces in the Philippines and on the continent of Africa. So all total, uh, you know, roughly 5,000, let's just ballpark it. Does that number uh, scare you? In a peacetime thing on yeah. Korea and Japan and mm -hmm. Europe, it's many more, much more than that. But I mm -hmm. think you mean in kind of this combat situation. Sure, right. Do those troop strengths uh, worry you? Again, then you, you talk with the military people all the time. Uh, are they worried about those numbers sound very low, at least to a layman like myself? Uh, does the military worry about those numbers? Well, you might have heard a phrase called troop to task. So mm -hmm. it depends on what you want those forces to do, and then you size the force to that task. So if you are working uh, in a very quiet, small footprint, low signature, uh, counterterrorism sort of thing, you actually want a, a rather small force. If you've got a, a larger force distributed around the countryside, you need logisticians, you need air transport, medical support personnel, you know, an intel network. So it's a much more robust kind of presence. Mm -hmm. So if we have changed the mission for troops in Afghanistan to purely a selectively targeted counterterrorism thing, and let's say the eastern part of the country up near Pakistan, then a couple of thousand people is probably going to get that job done. If you're wanting to train and advise Afghan forces, then that would be a much, much too small force because they can't secure themselves while they're also doing you know, the train, advise, and assist uh, mission with Afghan mm -hmm. forces. So we would have to go into the nature of the mission. If the mission has changed, small force levels are certainly doable and supportable. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter Hanna is our card-carrying progressive on the program this evening. Uh, Peter, uh, where do you come down on uh, military preparedness and uh, uh, whether that is an issue that even uh, tops your top five list? Oh, yeah, no, I mean, it really, I have, I have a lot of respect for, for people like uh, Lieutenant Colonel Wood and, and people who've served and, and you know, goes that saying that it's uh, folks like that who make this conversation possible and this openness possible. But I do think America is addicted to, you know, military spending. It's, I think our military spending is equivalent to the next seven countries' highest military spending combined. You know, the, the budget for next year is almost a trillion dollars. It all, almost always ends up being, we spend more on military expenses than, than expected. I've actually worked on military contracts in my in the past. It's not, in my mind, not the people who are in the military who are, you know, it's not like government waste or any any trope like that. Um, I think military con uh, private contractors take the military to the to the cleaners a lot, and it's a whole other sort of you know 
huge amount of work to actually audit those contracts and make sure you're getting what you pay for and, and staying within the, uh, the, the bounds of the agreement. So my view is um, some of that money could be spent elsewhere or some of the money that is being wasted on uh, contractors who've been taking the government and the taxpayer to the cleaners for decades. Um, I think some of that could be brought back and used elsewhere. Mr. Wood? Well, the comparison is often brought up. And if you went just dollar for dollar, yes, U.S. versus however many, what oftentimes isn't brought up is purchasing power parity, regulatory compliance, uh, uh, cost of living, all these sorts of things. So if you try to um, uh, equivalent uh, U.S. versus China, no environmental regulations, no occupational safety and health administration, uh, no regulatory compliance like we have here in the United States. It's just simply much more expensive. The other part to that is uh, China, uh, Iranian, North Korean, Russian investments are all held right there in their homeland or in their very near abroad. The United States, to defend its interests, has to cross vast oceans and operate at extended lines of communication. So if you want to have a U.S. ship in the South China Sea, for example, it has to sail 8,000 miles from home and be supported by something, whereas the corresponding Chinese fleet is right there in home waters. So there is a numbers thing, a time distance factor thing, uh, a cost of manufacture or to train. Since the 1970s until today, if you out equip a U.S. soldier, it is 16 times uh, greater than the rate of inflation because you've gone from low pay, uh, low wages, uh, shortage of equipment to modern optics, a modern combat system, a rifle, what have you, radios, communications, all those sorts of things. So there is a disparity in the cost of protecting one's interests and supporting partners and allies, which China and Russia and Iran don't have to do, that should really go into that equation. Yeah. Can I, can I ask one question yes, to you, Lieutenant Colonel Wood? Um, I was wondering, um, have you ever read this book called The uh, The Rise of the Military Welfare State by um, a woman named Jennifer Middlestott? Familiar Are you familiar with, with it at all? Yep. So you, you mentioned sort of like the cost of doing business, so to speak, in the U.S. And, and you're right. The next country is China. And I think after that is like Saudi Arabia and then Russia, et cetera. But also, you know, we treat our, our veterans and people who serve honorably very well. They get education benefits, health benefits, medical benefits, childcare benefits, uh, counseling, you know, this whole universe of social benefits that, you know, civilians typically don't. And that is a significant expense. And I think it's a deserved one. But, you know, I, I'd urge you to, to maybe take a look at that book sometime if you've got some free time, The Rise of the Military Welfare State, because it makes the point that what we've really done with the military is we have turned it into effectively a sort of universe where a lot of social services are being given. And again, deservedly so to people who serve and, and, and give years of their lives. Um, and uh, I think it's just, it's a huge expense. And again, one that's warranted, but you know, it's hard for me when I talk to people like, um, like Jeannie and people on the Republican or more conservative side, when they say like, yeah, that, that makes sense there, but no, no, the government can't do, you know, those social services. They can't do it. Okay. They can't do Peter, it for a regular people. All right. <laughs> Peter, just kind of, uh, it's, it's uh, just one of those things that you kind of, wait a minute, you, look at it you don't get away, you, Jeannie Ives, you can't Sorry, get I'm away gonna, with that, with, Jeannie Ives. you can't get away with that with me, I'm not going uh, anywhere, I'm not trying to get away with anything, I'm right what, here, uh, it what? speaks for itself, okay, my, my point is, is like, when I was in Springfield, in, as a state rep, myself, and one of the most liberal members of, um, on the other side, we were the only two no votes, 
that expanded an educational grant that went not to the military person, but was then given to the child who never served at all. And I voted against it. All right, folks, 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 let me mention, let let me just interject here with Jeannie and and with Peter. We've only got a couple of minutes left with uh, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Wood, and I want to go back to him for for the the, the, our our final question here is uh, when we're at this uh, transition coming up in 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 January, um, who amongst those in the world who wish us harm, who are we most likely to hear from in some sort of a test of the new administration and a test of uh, where the where the power lies in the transition. Well, I think all four major competitors but testing a different way. I see a much more muscular Iran and its support to terror groups and uh, and uh, uh, groups that it sponsors mm-hmm. in portions of Iraq and in Syria vis-a-vis Israel. I think you'll see Russia much more aggressive in its information campaigns. China is already quite aggressive in fisheries, undersea mineral exploration, uh, pushing back vessels and the rights of countries like Malaysia, Vietnam, and the Philippines. And it will try to push that more. We've already seen what it's done just on the domestic side in Hong Kong and increased intimidation in the air and water spaces around Taiwan. And then uh, North Korea in March did another eight, I believe, ballistic missile tests. So you can see Kim Jong-un uh, continuing down that road as well. So the next administration will have a full plate on its hands to the extent the administration wants to go with an international or globalist uh, coalition to try to find uh, accommodation and a consensus that is going to give additional time for these actors to push forward these, uh, their interests in this window of opportunity. What I need a 15 second answer. Are you concerned about the lack of transition coordination between the Trump administration and the incoming Biden administration no, militarily. In the Bush-Gore uh, contest, uh, we didn't, that wasn't decided until mid-December. But the reality is in the Department of Defense, state, you have careers, uh, servants, uh, everything continues to work. It's only at the very top tier formulating new policy. But if you had to fly a plane, sail a ship, hold a tea party uh, in a U.S. embassy, that kind of stuff is already going on. So I just don't buy into a strategic vulnerability Mm -hmm. that you hear a lot in Beltway chatter. Lieutenant Colonel Dakota Wood of the Heritage Foundation, a senior defense analyst, we thank you very much for offering your expertise on Beyond the Beltway. Look forward to having you back on the program at some point in the future. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Professor William Cressy, Professor Fraud, and we're going to be looking into some of the specific charges made by the president. Back shortly. Opinions are everywhere when you watch the news. But what about your opinion? Why can't you just get the facts to decide for yourself? News Nation is on every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, a nightly newscast in primetime that doesn't tell you what to think. Seven nights a week, News Nation will deliver you news, not talk. Facts, not opinions. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. It's your news, your nation. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. 
If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Ever get the feeling that a clean car just runs and drives better than a dirty car? That's because it's true. Evanston Car Wash has been serving the North Shore communities for over 60 years, helping hundreds of thousands of cars stay clean, preserve their value, and give you a nice, clean ride. Not only will Evanston Car Wash make your ride sparkle, but they use a soft cloth that doesn't risk damage to your vehicle's surface. A car is one of your major expenses, so don't trust it to just anyone with suds in a bucket. Treat it right by taking it to the Evanston car wash pick from a variety of car wash packages starting at just eight dollars and you can save even more money by joining their membership program evanston car wash is open every single day that's seven days a week at 8 a.m located right there on dempster street just east of mccormick for full details on custom wash and detail packages just google evanston's best car wash and evanston car wash will pop right up evanston car wash the north shore's number one car wash choice for over 60 years AncientLifeOil.com. That's AncientLifeOil.com. Are you stressed? I mean, who isn't? Anxiety creeping in? No, not that. Is sleep hard to attain because your brain just won't slow down? We're living in crazy times, and the fear knob has been turned up. Okay, there's an answer. Take a big breath, exhale, and go log on to AncientLifeOil.com. CBD. Broad and full-spectrum, organic and non-GMO CBD for you to enjoy. Change your tune from fear to calm, from brain overload to clear thinking. 0.003 THC on full spectrum and 0% THC on broad spectrum. Competitive pricing with the best quality. Also know everything is going to get better. No worries, be happy. CBD can help calm so your nerves don't think they're a six-string electric guitar. Enjoy life, smile, and log on to ancientlifeoil.com for great CBD. That's ancientlifeoil.com. You'll be glad you did. Mike Jackson Outdoors, Sunday mornings, 8 to 9 a.m. on Smart Talk, WCGO AM and FM. Thanks very much for joining us, and uh, we are now joined uh, by William Cressy, who has been a guest on this program frequently over the last uh, several months. He is Professor Fraud. He is an election expert. He is uh, one of the Republican members of the Chicago Board of Elections. He's also noted for his expertise around the country. And, uh, Professor, I I thank you very much for joining us, and uh, Jeannie Ives and uh, Peter Hanna join uh, me as well. But my question to you is, uh, there's every single hour we seem to get a twist or turn in the uh, the president's uh, legal uh, actions. And so my question to you is, what is the latest? Based on, uh, you know, the, the latest moves, I guess they were out of the uh, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. But uh, what what is alive out there for Donald Trump? And what do you think is sort of deader than a doornail? Uh-huh. Well, I'm not sure. A, a few of the claims are dead, at okay. least for now. Uh, because, Wait, for ones? example, which the ones? federal which court ones? Yeah. in Pennsylvania yeah. uh, threw out a lawsuit with regards to uh, equal protection as to the treatment of absentee ballots that were found wanting and whether or not and how the uh, voters could cure them. 
That was thrown out. We're told uh, earlier today that the uh, Trump campaign plans on appealing that to the Federal Circuit Court of Appeals. Mm -hmm. But that's just one of their their contentions. They have a number of them. Um, Michigan, uh, the uh, uh, Republican, the Republican National Committee and uh, Republicans in the state asked that the uh, uh, that the, the the vote not be certified in Michigan, that they sit it out for uh, 14 days. Um, the Secretary of State of Michigan, and they requested an audit of the votes. The Secretary of State of Michigan pointed out that you cannot get an audit until after the vote has been certified because under law, um, the, the ballot sheets and such are under seal and cannot be gotten at until the certification. So we'll, there's still going to be now that was supposed to happen there. tomorrow, right? The Wasn't that tomorrow? Weren't they supposed to do that tomorrow? That's true. Uh, okay. They're going to, uh, they're scheduled to, to do that tomorrow. Now, the, the most interesting one I see is Wisconsin, uh, where they are uh, currently going, uh, they, they, they paid for a, a, a recount, but just in Dane and Milwaukee counties, which contain the city of Milwaukee and the city of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, and they are looking for some evidence there during the recount. The, uh, the Trump campaign has paid, I believe it was $3 million in order to, uh, to conduct the recount. Um, what's interesting there is, yeah, one of the things they're looking for isn't so much fraud about uh, violations of the law by the election officials in those states, especially with regards to absentee ballots. Um, the, uh, the state law apparently says that to request an absentee ballot, uh, you have to file a, a paper. They allowed people to request absentee ballots online. Now, what happens then? I mean, uh, I, I think eventually the Trump campaign is re request that all of these ballots that had come in that were requested online without the required paperwork should be thrown out. The problem there is that a lot of you can't, if the ballots have been separated from the envelopes, you can't tell which ballot is which. The procedure in that case is you randomly pull ballots out of the stack. And some might have been those absentee ballots, some might not. Now, these being two heavily Democrat counties, more likely you're going to be pulling Democrat ballots out. If that, if the court rules that way, courts tend not to want to disenfranchise voters. So we'll see what happens. They've got a couple of other arguments there as well with regards to. Let me um, let me uh, let me just uh, jump in yeah. for just a second, and uh, if uh, if Jeannie and Peter uh, want to jump in with a question, uh, uh, feel free to do so. But my question to you, uh, Bill, is. Uh, in, in, in watching Rudy Giuliani at his press conference with his uh, associates the other day, it, it seems to me that the goal here was to confuse people. I mean, it, it, it looked like a shell game. I mean, is do you see it that way? I mean, as Professor Fraud, I mean, you look for, and, and I'm sure you have found over the years, legitimate uh, charges or legitimate requests to investigate what is happening in an election. 
do you think what you are seeing and hearing collectively from the Trump campaign, how much of those would you describe as bona fide uh, legitimate requests, and how many would you say are somewhat uh, frivolous? At this point, I really can't tell. And I think what you're seeing is kind of a shotgun approach. They see a lot of possibilities of fraud out there. One thing that I teach my students in fraud examination and in um, auditing is you want to look at the, 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 the data that you get, analyze it, look for anomalies. And the anomalies tend to be red flags that there might be fraud occurring. The big lesson I have to teach the students is a red flag doesn't necessarily mean fraud. In this case, uh, it, with these elections, where we look at the returns, especially from you know Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and some of these key states, there are a lot of anomalies there. And I think they're, they're sort of going at a, a shotgun approach to that. They really need to start, you know, paring down what they're going at. But yeah, uh, I, you know what's one of the problems is is this a whole election because of the pandemic has been an anomaly. It's hard mm -hmm. to compare this, analyze this against past elections because we've never seen so many vote by mail ballots coming in. Um, but we're seeing some strange patterns in some of these key states where we're seeing. Yeah, uh, you know, the, where vote-by-mail ballots are coming in more favorable to Biden than to Trump. Well, isn't there a Fine. case? Isn't isn't there a case, uh, or was there a case, and has it been adjudicated, where there was something like twenty thousand votes, and they came in, and they were only marked for uh, Joe Biden. They weren't marked for any other candidate anywhere on the ballot. First of all, is that true? What state was it? And that seems to be beyond the pale of, uh, uh, of believability. Exactly. We're, there, there have been allegations of that in, I know, at least two states. I believe it was Pennsylvania and Michigan. There may have been others um, where we're seeing things like, you know, um, and again, as an election official, we see this. We see somebody will vote just for president and not vote any of the down ballot but not in the proportions that we were seeing in some of these states. We would see, you know, uh, and uh, most of the states are reporting that of the vote by mail or absentee, whatever you want to call them, ballots, they tend to favor Biden over Trump, but not at a margin of like 80% to 20%. Usually there's a difference in the, in the single uh, percentage, you know, mm -hmm. the single digits. Right. Um, so we're, there are some... Um, as I say, anomalies, some red flags, but that doesn't prove fraud. That's not going to get you into a courtroom and getting you a, a, uh, a, a, an injunction. So it might take sending people out to people's doors and getting them to sign affidavits that no, they didn't vote. This is, you know, they voted this way or whatever. The clock is ticking though. Um, and it don't, might and, and be so, the strategy in Wisconsin yeah. to go after the election authorities for uh, not acting properly, rather than trying to prove the fraud cases. In the in the in yeah. the case of uh, uh, of the president here, okay, he appears to be on a losing streak. I mean, he, he has not gotten good news from a judge in a long time. 
So I'm wondering whether or not at this particular point he is playing for the court of public opinion. And and what he wants is he wants to be able to say that in one or two or maybe three of the, the states that are in question, that there was some degree of skullduggery. It's not going to pass um, a legal muster with a judge, but in the court of public opinion, two years, three years, four years down the road, if Donald Trump is running again, uh, he's going to be able to make a case in the court of public opinion that there was enough going on in those states that stunk and he'll make something of it. Well, I really hesitate commenting on that. You know, as an election official, I can't make, that's more of a political assessment. I will say this though, as as a former law clerk to a federal judge, I've seen plenty of cases where one side, the judge is ruling against them over and over and over throughout the trial, but they win the verdict. So the fact that they've been losing cases now does not necessarily mean that there won't be some victories coming. We have to wait and see. We have to see, you know, and one of the frustrating things I've, I've heard from, from uh, Trump supporters is with the, you know, please, you know, you know, show us the evidence, but that might be part of the strategy is not to show it until they've got it all ready. Yeah. This, this Wait, just, well, by um, the way, by the way Peter, that. Peter, we do it. We do have to pause right now. Peter, your Hannah wants to ask a question as does Jeannie Ives. I see her head nodding as well. Uh, our phone number is 1-800-723-8029. We're talking to William Cressy. He is professor fraud. If you have any questions on any aspect of these recounts and the legal actions of the president, give us a call. We've got one more segment. 1-800-723-8029. From coast to coast and border to border, from Evanston, Illinois, I'm Bruce Dumont. You should form your own opinions when you're presented facts without bias. That's what we call news. Every night at 7 p.m. on WGN America, news has a new primetime home. News Nation. Without all the talk and without an opinion so you can make yours. It's not how it used to be. It's how it should be. News Nation. Seven nights a week on WGN America. Find your local channel by going to WGNAmerica.com. Because it's your news, your nation. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom! Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Finally. A bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Introducing the new Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic. Our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. This Black Friday, save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets during the Tempur-Pedic Smart Sleep event. Get your best sleep. All night, every night. Learn more at TempurPedic.com.
What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick and loans, internal data. Ports and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing letter. Lessons in all 50 states. And analysts can see where access.org number 3030. Every day on the Ken Coleman Show, we're helping people realize what we believe, that every person was born to fill a unique role. That means it is needed and you must do it. Nearly 70% of Americans are unhappy in their work and we are not fine with that. We're going to look at what you do best, your talent, and what you love to do most, your passion, and help you see how they come together. We'd love to have you join us because you matter and you do have what it takes. The Ken Coleman Show, weeknights from 11 to midnight on Chicago's Smart Talk. Are you sick of having your content dictated to you by some faceless corporation? Do you want the freedom to say what's on your mind and not on the script given to you? Then consider joining the Gab Radio Network. Gab has all of the technical expertise of the big guys with none of the confining restrictions or political agendas. Here at Gab, we just want to help you put on a great show. To learn more, email info at gabradionetwork.com. That's info at gabradionetwork.com. Gab Radio Network. Talk unfettered. Now, Chief, what's all the excitement about? You're listening to Smart Talk. You should get a medal for this. 1590 AM and 95.9 FM. This is a big one. Bruce Dumont back. Thanks very much for joining us. This is our final segment with our guest this evening, William Cressy, uh, Professor Fraud, and uh, Peter Hanna from uh, Chicago Kent College of Law and a progressive activist has a question for you. Go ahead. Yeah, um, uh, thanks, uh, Bruce. I was just going to ask, you know, you mentioned that there are anomalies, but um, and you also mentioned that there is some evidence that, you know, may not be directly uh, or may impact the verdict or something. But I mean, don't you agree that just anomalies occur in pretty much every election? And there would have to be something extremely compelling, like really, really striking to have an effect on the verdict. And there has been nothing, you know, close to, to striking thus far. Thus far. Um, you know, what 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 uh, aces they have in the hole, I don't know. Uh, but you're right. And again, as I teach my students in auditing and fraud examination courses, you look for the anomalies and then you use the anomalies as the red flags and pursue investigations along those lines. I do not know. I mean, the only evidence I see are the anomalies from the, the publicly available numbers. And yeah, they, they, you've got some strange coincidences there. Uh, and that would then lead the, that would lead the investigation. Have I seen any direct evidence of, of fraud or anything like that? No. And as you also point out, as I uh, sort of re, uh, referred to before, courts, if you're talking about throwing out, you know, tens of thousands of votes, uh, uh, thus disenfranchising people, especially because the, you know, the, the, the bureaucracy or the authorities screwed up, courts tend not to want to do that, but they have in the past. And um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, the, the key here is I, I, I hear people, you know, yelling things on, on uh, social media but the litigation following an election, maybe we're more used to it in Illinois, uh, that seems to have a very active election law bar um, that is 
just part of the process that has to go forward. So, you know, uh, in the words of that great philosopher, um, uh, Taylor Swift, everyone just calm down. <laughs> we'll, we'll get through this. We will, we will see what happens in the end and, there, and we'll go forward from there. Is there anything that you have seen, uh, in the, in the conduct of the Georgia secretary of state or the way they've run their elections down there, do you see anything that they have done that uh, is suspect uh, as a uh, fellow professional within the field? Not that they have done. They, they seem to have conducted the, I mean, they did mm-hmm. a 100% recount yeah. and recount. Uh, and they, then they've got essentially, you know, the same, you know, the same numbers. Um, the, the, you know, it goes to the old data question, uh, the old, you know, you know, garbage in, garbage out. You know, what about the ballots that came in that were counted properly, were tabulated correctly? Were those, all of those ballots, should they have been included? Were there ballots that were, you know, invalid that should not have been included in there? I think that's the question that's coming out in, in Georgia now. Mm-hmm. And I Ballot have no signatures. evidence. I mean, there's suggestions, there's hints and such in Georgia, but I have not seen any evidence that would throw out any ballots in Georgia, but that's to be litigated. Jeannie Ives, you have a question or comment? Yeah, I have, I have both. One, I just don't understand the reasons to actually running a really, really tight system. In the county I live in, we knew that there were 64 individuals that were on the voter rolls over the age of 122. Wow. I mean, I mean, why don't we just run a tight system? What is the problem with that? What is the problem with enforcing the laws? I don't care. If, if you don't have it postmarked by November 3rd, why are we not just making that the standard? You know what? Make your If you're going to do it a mail vote, then you better turn it in on October 28th or mail it in right. time, right? Why? Are, why? If we're going to have standards, we're going to have standards. But now, after the fact, everybody just wants to say, well, we got to count all these votes. You know, they did legitimately vote. Let's just count them. Well, then there's no standard at all. And that's when people who agree that we should follow the rule of law and apply it equally to everybody get very upset when it's not followed. So what's going to happen in Georgia to people who literally do go there and same day register, same day vote? And it's going to happen. Uh, you, You know, this is my biggest fear out of all of this is we are seeing the American people losing faith in their elections. And yeah. it was bad before this election. It was bad before 2016. 2016 made it worse. This election's even made it worse. Um, I would hope that when all the dust settles, whichever way it turns out, that all of the you know the leading folks in in politics, in in law, in academics get together and let's see if we can work out something. And, you know, we saw in California where a judge out there ruled that Governor Newsom did not have the power to do what he did, which was order universal uh, vote by mail. Yeah. But the judge said, well, we're not going to cancel the election. What? Okay. But then what, you know, do we have what penalty? voter rolls that are clean? The, the few states that before this election had universal vote by mail, they only did it after years of cleaning up their 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 voter rolls, and um, and then there's a question really of of vote by mail, you know, and we lose the privacy factor that you mm-hmm. get only if you're standing in a ballot box or mm-hmm. in a ballot box in in, in a voting booth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I, I really hope that after everything settles, we can come together and have some good discussions. Uh, I, uh, Bruce, you know, I had Charles Stewart on this uh, program I know. a couple weeks back. And we, I think we really need to address these issues because... If, no, the, I, if, I, could, I could not agree with you more. There needs to be a, a bipartisan commission. Uh, we, I hate to use that term, but again, that's what you need because I think the, the general public is fed up and they want to know why can't Republicans and Democrats come up with a process of electing uh, our candidates. And it's frustrating because it comes back every four years. It's a big brouhaha. And then uh, it falls by the wayside. So uh, I hope we can get some resolution on that. William Pressey, thank you very much. Uh, from Governor State University, Professor Fraud. And also Peter Hanna. Thank you very much, Peter, from uh, Chicago Kent College of Law. And Jeannie Ives, uh, conservative. Thank you very much, activist in the uh, city of Chicago. Not city of Chicago, in DuPage County. And we thank you very much all for being with us tonight. Our thanks to Randall Bettner and... Uh, Connor McKnight for their assistance in the production of this program. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know you're going to be all by yourself, but <laughs> maybe. Uh, but have a wonderful Thanksgiving. See you next week. What is hope? Hope to me was just that he would get to come home. I had no idea how hard it would be once he got back. I wish she'd stop drinking so much. She thinks it's helping, but it's not. I hope she sees that soon. I act like I don't care if he comes to my games. But I hope he does. I used to hope he'd find happiness again. Now I hope our marriage makes it. I hope Grandpa will get help. He thinks it's too late, but it's not. With everything that he's going through, I hope he sees a counselor. I just want my brother back. I hoped he'd get help. Stop hoping things would get better on their own. He told me to stop asking. I didn't. Then one day he asked for a ride. Hope is knowing there are other families just like yours, that the veterans they love got help and recovered. Go to maketheconnection.net and turn hope into action. Matt always knew he wanted to be a doctor. That's why he makes the most of every day. To study before breakfast. To work hard. To do whatever was necessary to achieve his goal. He found an answer in the military. If you have a passion, a vision for your future in any field, todaysmilitary.com can be your path to a fulfilling career. You have a calling. We have an answer. Find your way at todaysmilitary.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. 
seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scout.